What is up guys, it is Quinn here. And in this video, we're gonna be running through my week four wide receiver rankings. So just going through my top 36 wideouts for this specific week. If you guys have any questions, it could be start sits, it could be trade advice, drop those down below. I'll make sure to respond to every single person. But if you guys are leaving a comment or you're watching, you know, you're enjoying the content, do me a huge favor, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. It really does help me out a ton. But let's jump right into the rankings. And I feel like I'm just going to run through the first, maybe like, I don't know, first six dudes here. So Cooper Cup at number one, Diggs at two, Jefferson at three, Chase at four, Devontae Adams at five, and I'll throw Amon Ra into that group also. So Amon Ra at six. I try not to get too, you know, into the weeds on these top options because we're starting all these dudes, right? Like it doesn't matter if I have Diggs at two instead of three or Chase at four instead of five. All these dudes are in our lineups, so it's not as important to kind of lock in there. Then at number seven, I have A.J. Brown. Eagles offense looks great. He's been producing. At number eight, I have Tyreek Hill. And then I have Jalen Waddle shortly after him at number 10. To be totally honest with you, heading into the season, I wasn't super in on Tyreek Hill. I was slightly lower on Hill to consensus, but I was pretty in on Jalen Waddle. I didn't expect this offense to be able to support two like top 12, top 10 wide receivers. So far, they've done it, and it seems like it's sustainable. I don't think they're each going to be as insane as they've been, but like to see Hill around 19 points per game, Waddle 17, 18, like I feel like that's totally in the cards here. So they are both going to be top 10 guys this week. Should be a fun game against the Bengals tonight on Thursday Night Football. In between them, I have Debo Samuel here at number nine. Hasn't really had, you know, super great touchdown luck, but he's still getting the usage. He's getting some carries. He's getting targets. So he's definitely someone I still think is a top 10 wide receiver moving forward. Then at number 11, I have Michael Pittman. Only played in two games so far. Week one, he went nuclear. Week three, you know, wasn't anything crazy, but still very, very solid production. He's the clear-cut top target on that Colts offense and probably like the only plus weapon on that team, obviously, aside from uh, Jonathan Taylor, but in terms of like, the wide receiver or tight end positions and then behind him to finish up the wide receiver ones I have Mike Evans he's going to be back from his suspension we don't really know what's going on with Chris Godwin Julio Jones I'd assume Gage is playing but that doesn't have a huge effect on Mike Evans so I think Evans is locked in as like a fringe wide receiver one Chiefs don't have a super scary secondary so I think Mike Evans will have a solid day on Sunday Night Football regardless of where the game is played uh, and then breaking into the wide receiver twos, I have T. Higgins at wide receiver 13. He's going up against the Dolphins on Thursday night. Already, you know, went through Chase, went through Waddle, went through Hill. This is a stacked wide receiver matchup. So what, like four of my top 13 wide receivers are going to be done on Thursday. But as long as Higgins is playing, you know, he's been banged up. He had a concussion. He got hit hard again in week three. And I think he's dealing with like a toe injury. As long as Higgins is there and healthy, He's going to be producing at like a fringe wide receiver one level. And then after him, I have another dude who's been dealing with some injuries, or I guess one injury, and that would be Keenan Allen. I feel like people are, have kind of forgotten, like Keenan Allen is that guy, especially in PPR formats. Like Keenan is a locked in top 12 guy moving forward. You know, I say that, but I have him at wide receiver 14. If we're being honest, like Keenan Allen, Higgins, Evans, Pittman, like these dudes are all very interchangeable. You could swap them out. But I do think Keenan Allen will be back. I think he's going to impress. He's going to command a ton of volume. I mean, even looking at week one, he had like four for 40, and I think he left like early second quarter. He's going to have a very strong season as long as he is healthy here heading into week four. After Keenan Allen, I have Cortland Sutton. 
In my opinion, I think Corlin Sutton has kind of separated himself as the number one. I think people who had Judy as the number one coming into the season, they're probably not totally sold on that. I think so far Sutton has done enough to show that he is the guy, you know, Russ's favorite target. He's producing in games where the passing attack has been bad. And so that's good to see out of Sutton. And if this offense does click, I feel like we could definitely be looking at Sutton as a top 12 guy. At 16, we have Marquise Brown. He's someone who had like a slower week one, week two, didn't do terrible, but didn't do anything crazy. Then in week three, he just goes out as a monster game. I've seen some people talking about selling high on Marquise Brown. And I wouldn't say I totally disagree, but I think this idea that he's not going to be super relevant once DeAndre Hopkins comes back is probably overblown. Personally, I think Marquise Brown is going to outproduce DeAndre Hopkins. And I wonder if just overall, like rising tides, you know, lifts all boats. If when DeAndre Hopkins comes back, this passing attack is going to be better. They're going to be scoring more. I wouldn't be surprised if we were looking at like Marquise Brown as a mid to high end wide receiver too. D hop is a mid to back end wide receiver too. Like I do think Brown will be the top guy. I just feel like we're looking at the trajectories. D hop's probably on the way down. Marquise Brown is still like ascending. So I could have that call wrong, but you know, like if you like Marquise Brown, I don't think he's someone you have to go out and really try to get off of your roster. At 17, I have Christian Kirk just continues to ball out. Definitely warrants a mid tier wide receiver two ranking. And then right behind him, I have CD lamb coming off of a really strong week three performance. It's crazy the fluctuation that people have had on CeeDee Lamb. After week one, people were willing to throw him away like he was nothing. And then I feel like after that big week three, it's like people are ready to throw him back into the top 12. I can't get that high on him until we have Dak Prescott back. So when Dak is back, then he's going to be in that range. But right now, I think he's still a mid-tier wide receiver too. Limited touchdown upside on a rougher passing attack without Dak. Then at 19, I have Deontay Johnson a guy just on a horrible offense, but is just so good and commands so much volume. Like it's crazy how consistent Deontay Johnson is on an offense that is so bad. I did have to move him down. I think last week I might've had him at like 13 or 14. At some point I have to move him down just because it seems clear the touchdowns are not going to be there. We know the volume is going to be there, but a lot of the guys ahead of him do have locked in volume, but they also have touchdown upside. I'd like to see a quarterback change. You know, maybe Pickett isn't a stud right away, but I mean, like, can he be that much worse than Trubisky? I just don't really see it. Obviously, you know, there's different things that have to be considered besides just fantasy football. But for fantasy, I would like to see Pickett in there, maybe give Deontay Johnson and the rest of this offense a spark. At 20, I have Mike Williams going up against the Texans. We know what Mike Williams is. He's boomer bust. He's going to have some massive games. He's going to have some games where he barely does anything. We kind of saw week one did nothing. Week two was a huge boom game. Week three, he got the touchdown, but other than that, wasn't a ton going on. So I feel like this is an appropriate spot for him to fall. At 21, I have Michael Thomas. He's dealing with a toe injury and he missed practice on Wednesday. So this is something we're going to have to monitor both for Michael Thomas, but then also for Chris Olave, who I'm going to talk about a little bit later. But right now, if Thomas is healthy, I think he's a back end wide receiver too. If he's out, then we pivot and reevaluate. Right behind him, I have Drake London. May seem high to have Drake London up here, you know, just going into his fourth career NFL game, but all the man does is produce. He commands a high target share, even if he's not on a high volume passing attack. He has touchdown upside, even if the team doesn't score a ton of points. He's doing it all. So, Drake London, I like him as a back end wide receiver too. Right behind him, I have Gabriel Davis coming off of a down game. 
the usage was there, the route participation was there. I think this is probably going to be a high-scoring game against the uh, Baltimore Ravens, so I think Gabe Davis will bounce back. And then to wrap up the wide receiver twos, here's where I have Rashad Bateman, a guy who's had to rely on a lot of efficiency through three weeks. I think he'll be efficient. I think he'll have touchdown upside, and I guess in that same matchup going up against Gabriel Davis. Then now the wide receiver threes, so wide receiver 25 to wide receiver 36. We're going to start it off with Amari Cooper. I think Amari Cooper has kind of exceeded expectations coming into the season. He was someone who I drafted a lot of in best ball. And after week one, I was sitting there not feeling great about those picks. Last two weeks, the dude has been a stud. It's honestly pretty impressive, these performances he's been able to put up with Brissett at quarterback. And I feel like if you do own Amari Cooper, you have got to feel pretty good about Deshaun Watson coming back after 11 games. Like getting Amari Cooper and Deshaun Watson playing together for those last, well, like six games of the season, he could be a league winner. So I definitely don't think he's someone you want to trade for right now. But I do think it's possible on this Browns offense Maybe, you know, this week, next week, he has a few down games. He is someone you could buy low on if you're like a winning roster, you know, you're 3-0, 2-1 with a strong team, get a long-term asset who's going to be peaking later on. That's probably a topic for a different video, but just some insight there at Cooper. But those last two weeks, I definitely think they warrant him being up here at 25. At 26, I have Jerry Judy. I talked about how I think, you know, I have Sutton as the wide receiver one. I think Judy's probably slotting in as the number two right now not giving Sutton a crazy run for his money as the top dog. I think this Broncos offense will continue to come around, or I guess start coming around. They haven't really started yet. I think the Raiders, not a great defense. They could improve here heading into this game. And once they do click, I think then we could be looking at Judy as a top 24 guy. Right now, he's going to fall outside of it for me. At 27, Curtis Samuel going up against the Cowboys. Uh, and I don't know if you guys have picked up on this, but I have Curtis Samuel ranked ahead of Terry McLaurin. I have made that move. I feel pretty good about it, to be honest. And it's just the way they're using Curtis Samuel. They're clearly trying to get him the ball. They're moving him around. They're giving him rushing opportunities. So in a crowded wide receiver room, crowded you know target room with Gibson, you've got Logan Thomas there. I want the guy who's being used creatively and still commanding a crazy high target share. So Curtis Samuel, I like him as a high-end wide receiver three. Chris Olave here at 28. I mentioned him when I was talking about Michael Thomas. If Thomas is out or limited, I think we could see Chris Olave breaking into the top 24. I think that's totally possible. The targets he's commanded the last two weeks, you know, 13 in both games, that is absurd, especially for a rookie. So definitely someone who could be on the rise with a Michael Thomas injury or, you know, if he's out. And even if Michael Thomas plays, he could still outperform this uh, wide receiver 28. At 29, I have DK Metcalf coming off of a nice game. I still have some concerns on the consistency there because if that's going to be a boom game for DK, I don't think he has the ceiling that, you know, maybe we were predicting heading into the season. It's also not ideal that Tyler Lockett has had back-to-back high-volume games. I'll just uh, talk about Lockett here. I have him at 34. So they're semi-close together. I didn't think they would be this close. Like I thought DK Metcalf would kind of separate himself. It hasn't happened yet. So that's where I'm at with those Seahawks wide receivers. At 30, I have Devonta Smith coming off of a massive game uh, last week in week three. Just insane production. Made some insane plays. And wide receiver 30 honestly feels a little bit low. But to be totally honest, like the wide receiver position... You could go from wide receiver 25 to like wide receiver 30. And I feel like all these dudes could kind of be switched around. They're all like in the same area, same tier. So that is where I have the uh, Slim Reaper. 
And then at 31, I have Terry McLaurin. Even though I like Curtis Samuel more, I still like McLaurin as a you know mid-tier wide receiver three. But I do think after three weeks, we need to kind of reevaluate. I don't think McLaurin is this locked-in top 24 guy anymore. So he's more of a you know mid-tier wide receiver three play. After him, I have Brandon Cooks, another guy I think we have to kind of pivot on. You draft him for safety to finish as a you know fringe wide receiver 24. He can still do it. But when you're lacking, you know, limited ceiling games, and then you're also not providing safety, it definitely kind of dings your value a little bit. Right after Cooks, I have Juju. Two out of three games, he's been very involved, very solid, just hasn't gotten into the end zone. Not exactly an ideal matchup against the Buccaneers, but I don't think this Bucs secondary is some like absurd unit that they won't be able to move the ball against. Already talked about Lockett at 34. And then to finish out at 35 and 36, I have back-to-back Jets wide receivers. Some of you guys may not be happy with the Elijah Moore over Garrett Wilson. I've got Moore at 35, Wilson at 36. But just hear me out here. It looks like Zach Wilson is going to be making his NFL debut. And I do think that shifts how we have to look at this wide receiver room. Don't get me wrong. I still think Garrett Wilson is going to be very involved. It's clear he's incredibly talented. And moving forward, he probably will be the better wide receiver than Elijah Moore. But just looking at right now, we still have Elijah Moore getting the most routes run. He has the best route participation. It's like, it's not really comparable. Like you have Elijah Moore. He's just been the clear cut number one in terms of the usage. He hasn't had the same volume, same production, all that. We know that. But in terms of routes run, he's been there. I think the switch up in quarterback, it just leads me to trust the guy who's going to be out there basically every single play, especially because we did see Moore and Zach Wilson click. Uh, in Elijah Moore's breakout last year. So it kind of just could be a thing where it wasn't happening with Flacco and Moore. They just weren't connecting. Flacco, it is guys, Conklin, Wilson, you know, feeding the running backs, and it didn't expand to Elijah Moore. I think Zach Wilson's going to go out. He's going to be more aggressive. He's going to sling it. And I think that could benefit uh, Elijah Moore. And not saying Garrett Wilson will not produce, but I just think they're definitely in the same area. And then some honorable mentions just outside the top 36. I didn't know where to put Godwin because we don't know if he's playing. We don't know how healthy he's going to be. Remember, he's still kind of coming back from that ACL. So he returned from the ACL, then messes up the hamstring, not connected. But, you know, we still didn't know if he would be the Chris Godwin of old off of that uh, ACL tear. So I'd say if they're confident he's healthy, he probably is going to fall as a high-end wide receiver three. That's what I'd be thinking right now. And then some other dudes who just missed the cut, DJ Moore, Greg Dortch, Adam Thielen, and Brandon Ayuk. You know, who would have thought heading into this season, I've got five honorable mentions, and we have Greg Dortch sandwiched in between Godwin, DJ Moore, Thielen, and Ayuk. Season's been crazy to start off, but those are my top 36, plus a few extra guys thrown in there. If you guys did enjoy the video, do me a huge favor, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, go check out my running back rankings if you haven't already. As always, thank you all for stopping by, and I will see you guys in the next one.